thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review with a Romford recorder and Time 107.5. Enjoy. It's time for the local paper review. Joined today by Chris Carter. We also have uh, Beth Wyatt joins us in the studio for the first time and Ben Vaughan from Time 107.5. Let's do this. Newspaper item story number one. Good afternoon, Steve. Yes. Um, I'm a bit frantic. Can you tell? You are a bit frantic. (laughs) Have you... You've been caught in traffic or something. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit yeah. of ca- yeah, caffeine and traffic are the two yeah, things that bring this on. It's great, isn't it? Well, don't get uh, me started. Our first story, uh, I don't know, you've probably heard of Brexit. This is Hexit. Yeah. Okay. Go, this go is through a the big, details. It's a big story that's that's gone national, actually, and um, I'm sure a lot of the listeners know about it. It's basically Haven Council uh, has voted to back the campaign uh, for uh, to come pull out of the European Union. So, I mean, straight away, you, you look at this and the cheekiness within us thinks, are they going to declare independence and pull out of <laughs> Europe and like everything there is going to be rebranded? I think anything could happen, actually, Steve. Yeah. Parking think, meters have to be called parking three foot, two inch or whatever it is. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, I think it's, it's an important issue for Havering. Um, I think... The fact that uh, they have, I think it's, uh, well, at least, I think it's nine, eight or nine UKIP councillors. So I think that uh, it has been an important issue in Havering for the past few years, really. So um, there has been some criticism with regard to you know, whether it's a good thing for the council to be spending, I think it was two hours talking about Europe, mm. a lot of people, and also other councillors were, were concerned that they uh, weren't talking about things that a lot consider would be um, more local. But the um, UKIP leader, Lawrence Webb, has said that he feels that um, European Union is local and he's got an eighth set of issues that he believes affect Havering. Okay, that's interesting. I remember when we had the election... Uh, Beth, do you remember the election? Yes, of yeah. course. Many that, hustings. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I remember with uh, everyone thought Farage was going to get a seat, but didn't. But interestingly, Thanet Council became the council that was uh, a UKIP-controlled one. And, and then everyone was saying, how can you have a party of national interest bordering on the international issues having control on such a little micro lo- local level? How does it all How does it all fit together, Beth? Teach me. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a pressure one, but it how? Is, yeah. So these these um, these politicians, how can you have an issue uh, that's local, but then say that it's affected by an international thing? What kind of things are they talking about? I think what they what they're saying is that almost everything is is, is affected by the European Union in, in some way. For example, housing. I know I had a conversation with the. Um, with the candidate for a Romford, uh, UKIP candidate for Romford, Jared Batten, he was saying that that um, housing is affected because there are because of the mass immigration that's coming from the European Union, um, and that affects obviously the housing in, in this country. And a lot of people would dispute that, and a lot of people would say mm. that that's not necessarily the case, and there's an issue with housing anyway. But that's one of the issues that they brought up. Um, and obviously hospital health care yeah. comes into it as well. So I think these are all the issues that the, the UKIP councillors are, are sort of um, are using to sort of to, to back their argument. As, as a journalist, we can ask this of Beth as well. Do you, do you think we're not going to hear the end of this until probably the referendum and then probably a little bit after the referendum? Are we likely to get EU fatigue? I think we've already got it. (laughs) I think we were saying that today, actually, um, in the office. We were saying that, in a way, you know, if we start talking about 
the EU now mm. come the referendum are people going to be sick of it yeah. but um, but as I say in Havering it is obviously a very important issue and, mm. and, and it was on there was an article there was an item on one of the news channels last night and um, they started on the premise that they were sort of challenging the councillors and saying that well actually you know you should be talking should you not be talking about more local issues and they defended it and then they went into a Romford Market dear old Romford Market we yeah. like it everyday adventure um, and they went into Romford Market and asked various people what they thought and I think almost all of them the majority said no they think it's important that the councillors do talk yeah. about Europe in yeah. the council chamber because I suppose they're not uh, we can bring Ben on this I guess they're not just talking about international issues are they they're talking about the local effects of international issues havering to get bendy bananas Ben go Absolutely. I mean, this was our top story here yesterday on Time FM News as well. And we spoke to Lawrence Webb, who forwarded the motion uh, for this debate uh, in Havering. And and he said uh, his main argument was that it costs us so much to be a part of the European Union uh, councils as well. Why can't that money be put back in to the local community therefore we wouldn't have to cut so many services council tax wouldn't have to increase which is what looks like it's going to have to do as uh, funding from Westminster falls so uh, you could argue that actually it is a very local issue um, and that a lot of people around here do care about it and then the people in was it Leicester that was very much for staying in the EU I guess some places same deal international concepts but national uh, issue of people benefiting who was th- there was a story who's the um, the hacker who I can't remember the name of the hacker he hacked into the Pentagon he's a British guy wanted to be extradited to America but you walk up to, you vox anyone in the street they'll always go it's a disgraceful isn't it they're picking on him poor bloke right <laughs> what's the one law that stopped him being extradited over there the yeah, Human Rights Act, exactly, yeah. which is what we're in because of Europe. So on a personal level, we're all potentially benefiting from it, and yet we all think about the negative things. But I think what UKIP would say, you can have a Human Rights Act without being in the European Union. So, you know, you can have your own you know, act. act we can know, have the British one, yeah. British Rights Act, you know, oh, so... Good indeed. OK, I get the feeling that over the next uh, however long it is, still no date for the referendum, is there? No. 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 <sighs> it's going to be a long one. It is, yeah. um, yeah, so we'll be talking about this I, again. Yeah, I yeah. Think they <laughs> probably will. So, uh, story number two on the way. Can we have a little tease as to what it's going? Story to be? number two. Um, we're talking about English lessons for uh, people that don't speak English as the first language. It's the local paper review we have. Uh, Beth Wyatt, Chris Carter, Ben Vaughan, journalists, all of you with your journalist brains, uh, looking at. Although, I mean, I don't qualify as a journalist, but I, I do write. Oh. Don't do yourself down. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I do. I do write in a newspaper. What's the stats? Where's my? What page is my column on this week? Uh, uh, your column. Yeah? Your column. Yeah. Yeah. Page twenty nine, Steve. Just let me take a drink so I can spit it out in shock when. <laughs> what? That's a record. I. You know. What, all I'd say is that yeah. Emma Lake isn't here today. And she's the one who put me on page twenty nine. Is yeah. that even? Is that still in the paper? Of course it is. Yeah. I mean. As I said to you before, Rumford Court is Every a very page. big paper. Mm. Every How many page pages? It's probably a 136-page paper, you see. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. after 29, you've still got your lifestyle and your yeah. homes, everything there, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of things after that 29 season. And every, every ju- page is gold. Yeah. Just better than the lifestyle section. Yeah, a little bit better than the... Uh, <laughs> am I before the puzzle uh, page? I have you know I coordinate the lifestyle section. Oh, so. Ben. Oh, yeah. just yeah. distant lifestyle section. <laughs> all right. It's all kicking off now. Um, so back into there looking at what's... There goes our new, uh, new friendship. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, there goes my friendship, page 29. The <laughs> let's. No, I'm sure it's a good read. I, I would heartily recommend this. It's actually... It's the most local of all the columns I've done, yeah. isn't it? I'm yeah, it's having a proper rant about that crossing. Definitely. Oh, imagine if I'd have written it today <laughs> after being sat in there for an hour. Oh. Um, could have been page 15 then. <laughs> could have been, yeah. Could have ordered a newspaper article about me getting arrested for it. Um, so what is story number two? What have you got yes, for Yes, well, story number two comes from the Ilford Recorder um, and it follows the Prime Minister's announcement last week um, about pledging £20 million to teach Muslim women to speak English. So he sort of said that was um, not only to integrate them more into the communities they live in, but um, he also spoke about um, obviously tackling extremism. So that was a little bit controversial, his comments there um obviously and also some would say um you know targeting not targeting but um focusing this on women specifically Mm. um as um rita cheddar from ramfall has said in her article it's um not only a women's issue but a whole community one so there's a couple of little controversial things there um but the gist of our article is um basically um our reporters spoken to a few charities in redbridge so rita from ramfall and that's what um her slant is on this and they run their own english classes each week um, all of them are actually full, only about 12 to 15 people. So they actually need, you know, some more resources there for them to be able to reach more people. And um, we've also talked to Bushra to hear from Awaz Women's Charity. So we do quite a lot with them as well. Um, they do many different things, domestic violence and mental health, lots of different issues. Um, and she just says, um, basically, she thinks that's an urgent need, really, for these um, English lessons. So, yeah, she's um, kind of was sort of welcomed that, really. Okay, is it is it Sir David Cameron managed to pull a bit of a PR mistake by somehow offering money, offering help, and making it like he's a bad guy? It does sound like it, really, because I think the, the principle of it is is great, and, mm. and I think what what we've discovered and what most people have said is that um, there there is a, a real desire for people to speak uh, to, to speak English and to have lessons, but I think there's been a lot of cuts, which mean that the um, the courses are no longer there to do yeah. that. Mm. So. Um, possibly the twenty million will help with that, but um, but I think I think what he's saying is is something that's that's already happening, and I think that mm. I, I don't think there's a there's, there's a lack of desire for for women or people in general to to, to learn English. It's just that having the um, possibility and the ability to do it, and, and and knowing about the courses, a lot of people just don't know where to go mm. when it comes to. You know, to get in these these, these courses. So, as uh, as a woman, are you offended by the fact that it's focused on women? Um, maybe not as strongly as offended, but I mean, yeah, I think it's um, you know, as Rita said, not just a women's issue. Mm. So, yeah, you know, he could have just um, opened it up to everyone, really. So, if you've got twenty million to spend on uh, language courses, do you think you get more? Uh, response by focusing it equally, 50% uh, gender, or do you think maybe the language propagates more by teaching it to women who then become mothers? Mm, that's an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, it is, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure that... I, I, I tend to agree with um, Beth and that I think it isn't, it isn't just a women's thing. But what I would say is I think there are some communities, uh, to be honest, and I think I've seen some interviews with some of the... Uh, um, women in the Muslim communities, where they've said that they are, they do become a little bit isolated. So mm. it is that quite, it, well, yeah. it is quite difficult mm. for them 
to actually find the time to to get to, mm. to learn it. It's almost like a vicious circle where you know, so they they need to learn English to get out, but if you know if they can't get out or if they don't get out as much, then How, they can't. Yeah. You know, and if they don't meet as many people because mm. they're spending a lot of time in the home, they're not going to learn English, are they? So. Yeah, catch twenty two in a sense. I mean, there is there's, it's a similarity to oh, I can't remember which disease it is now, but there's a disease where it's not just a woman's disease, a disease of society, but you inoculate the women because uh, they're the ones who are going to not pass it on to the kids if they have the inoculation. Uh, Just saying, yeah. throwing some science back <laughs> at you. Science again, yep. Steve. Yeah, I'm not sure which one that is. But, I can't um, remember now. You, yeah, you've, you've got me on the hop there. But yeah. uh, I can't remember either, so I'm, we're equally on the, on the hop. Ben, you've, you've investigated things related to this in, in the Mighty Vaughan reports. They should all be, are they all available online? <laughs> we should get them all available online. Yes. So yeah, we should. Yeah, I genuinely think it's the place to put content. Um, so this. Well, I didn't. I, I mean, not specifically this and the, the relationship the language, between sorry. language and extremism, but uh, so I, I looked at extremism in the area. Yeah. And do you think that uh, learning English in some way would help protect people from extremism? I've got two minds on this. The first one is, I mean, I also used to be an English language teacher as a, English as a foreign language. So um, I think it's a bit hypocritical that they're giving this money uh, when they're cutting the uh, English language private sector and uh, clamping down on visa restrictions and closing the places where people could have gone uh, mm-hmm. to learn English before. So I think that's one one aspect of it as well. The other one is, well, I lived in China for two years and I couldn't say, you know, for the first six months, I couldn't say, you know, barely hello or thank you. And did, did you that become make a victim me of an extreme radicalization? <laughs> That's the question. Um, and, and no, it didn't. So did I, I don't know the relationship. But then at the same time, to integrate in society, you do need language. So yeah. And I suppose back to the science, tricky. the example of one is not a statistically uh, representative sample. But you're right. You didn't. I'm assuming you didn't. That, that was the point of that story. You didn't become radicalized. No, I didn't. No. Okay. Um, so yeah, well, no, you, it's difficult to know. But the only way to find out. Is probably to do it, isn't it? How yeah. else do we find test the link? I mean, obviously, um, it, it's quite a controversial issue, but I'm really struggling to, to see the, the, the link between language and extremism, to mm. be honest with you. I mean, if you look at some of the um, young people that have gone out to Syria and Iraq, you know, they are quite integrated in, in this country mm. anyway. Yeah. So, so how, you know, how does that fit in with what... David Cameron's saying, yeah. you know, they aren't, you know, a, a lot of them actually have only discovered sort of Islam at a later later time. They've been, you know, there's been various stories about the some of the alleged extremists who, who you know, been nightclubbing before and all this kind yeah. of very much integrated into mm. into British life, and yet you know, they've obviously bought the sort of the the extremist Islam, you know, Islamic State. So, um, yeah, so maybe it's the PR thing. If if David Cameron had never tried to link this to extremism, but just said it's good if people learn it, learn English because people want to learn English, mm. here's some money, would have been a PR win. Yeah, and I think just avoiding the word extremism altogether. I mean, mm. you could say that it's important people integrate in British society if they're mm. living here. That's fine, but I don't think that I, I can't see the link between language mm. and extremism. Damn. And I mean, if you look at East London as well, there are a lot of extremists who are not Muslim. Yeah. Who are born Barely and bred English. in East London? <laughs> yeah, still still not great with the language. Then again, we're talking about a man who popped the word bunch in this week. It didn't do him any favours, uh, so his choice of words <laughs> not always great. Um, story number three on the way. Can we have a hint towards? Story number three, Steve. How would you like to swab a dog? Wow, are we doing that live on the show? No one prepared me. I'm wearing the wrong outfit. We'll find out more soon. 
part three of the local paper review. So we have Chris Carter, Beth Wyatt and Ben Vaughan. And then we're dealing with story number three. What's story number three? Story number three. I know Time um, FM have done quite a bit on this. And I, they had Darren Roddell in on Wednesday talking about this story. And it's a story about Buckingham Dagenham Council. And it's in our uh, Buckingham Dagenham Post. Wanting to get owners to um, have their dogs DNA'd. So they're going to get the DNA of yeah. dogs so that they can trace their poo if they if they leave poo in the park. This is, uh, I think that's two on the poo quotes, or I think we don't want to go more than three through, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through the whole. I think <laughs> I made the third one. There. Um, I yes, this is an interesting deployment of science, isn't it? it um, is. When we heard of uh, what the future would be like, you know, you watch your book, Rogers, and then you find out about this amazing Watson and Crick. You discover DNA; it's an amazing molecule. What do we do with it? We use it to track down the dog poops. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, we we went in deep on this, which is probably the wrong phrase. But <laughs> what did what did we find out about the way this is being deployed? Low Ben. What do we find out? Yeah. Well, Darren came in on Mark's show and he, he told us uh, that if uh, residents are walking their dogs in parks in Barking and Dagenham, they will have to have their dog uh, swabbed as on entry uh, to the park. Is that why um, they swab them? If, if, they ref- if they refuse, then... Um, what, the dog? <laughs> yeah. The dog refused, then they'll swab the owner. <laughs> that's pretty much the gist of it. Okay. So, so effectively being forced onto a database, is that... Is that, is well, that they're okay? not necessarily because if they don't, I think if if they don't want to take their dog into a park, then they don't have to do it. Okay. I think, as far as I understand it, and Ben may, uh, may may disagree with this, but I think that it's just if if they want to walk their dogs on on council land. That's it. Yeah. So so if they don't want to go into the parks, then I guess they don't have to do it. But there isn't there is a new law coming in in April where every dog has to be microchipped as well. So right. So, so maybe we should be taking DNA during the microchip stage. What? Or have the the DNA details. Well, I guess so. Available. But I think what what Darren was saying, he was saying on Mark's show actually was that um, it's not just it's not just about. Um, dog mess. Sorry, mm. I won't say that word again. Steve. Right. Uh, it's not just about dog mess. Also, he said that um, uh, crooks can actually can change a, a dog's sort of microchip or get, take it out, I think, or whatever. But but obviously they can't change its DNA. So it oh. also helps owners protect their dogs against uh, theft as well. And and there's a great picture in um, the Bark and Dagenham Post on page seven this week with Darren with his two dogs which is Wesley and Toby, who I think I think one is a Bichon Frise and I think one's a Poodle. And Are I think, they? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think Darren admitted on Mark's show that not exactly Dagenham dogs, but... but no, um, but, you know, the Bichon Frise is hypoallergenic, so if you've got an allergy mm. to dog uh, dog hair, that's yeah. the breed to Very go helpful, for. They yeah. do look quite similar. Do you think he's had them DNA taste tested just so he can tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> well, one's sort of... <laughs> like, like a Jeremy Kyle DNA <laughs> test. <laughs> Turns out it is your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, I think there's there's been a huge reaction to this mm, and uh, a mixed reaction. That's right. But and where some people say it's great and other people say, again, a bit like the European um, story we did uh, early on, Havering. Basically, is this really what uh, people want the council to spend their money on? Although Darren insists that um, this is probably number one on the priority list of, of, of the residents of Barking and Dagenham. Or it's a number two. Hey, <laughs> you knew I was going to oh. do that. You knew I was doing that joke. Um, <laughs> Beth, dog owner? Yes. Um, my parents have a Labradoodle 
um, year old, um, constantly um, everyone at the office is subjected to many, many photographs. Um, he's quite quite the giant, always um, mistaken for a bear. So what? there you go. <laughs> then you really should. Don't take it near Leonardo, Leonardo sure. DiCaprio. He'll run a mile. Are you sure um, it's not a bear? <laughs> you, the one way to find out. Mm. DNA test yep. it. Yeah. Take it for yeah. a walk in a Dagenham Park. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, uh, be, would you be okay on joining this uh, database of DNA? A DNA database sounds terrifying. It, it does, it? doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be up to the parents, wouldn't it? But yeah. Um, not sure, really. I mean, I think the, the dog's is... parents. <laughs> I think the thing a lot of, um, you know, some of the people um, who are, you know, not as into the idea are saying is that, um, you know, it'll be the responsible dog owners who sign up to it and, you know, who are already um, picking up the mess. Um, and whereas the, the culprits, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're already doing it. They're not going to be bothered about signing up to it or, you know, no. or anything like mm. that. They're just going to carry on doing what they're doing. So. so best case scenario, slightly less mess in council areas. Yeah. Probably, therefore, a correlation of slightly more mess outside these areas and bringing in the maths again, apologise. The <laughs> cost of running a DNA database then at the end of this, so and I'm, I'm sure you'll do this in like a year or so, the newspaper or uh, Time 107.5 inv- goes undercover and finds out how many fines are yeah. issued, times the number of fines. In fact, a fine isn't pure profit, is it? Because there's got to be some admin cost. Yeah. Yeah. So work out the profit on a fine times by the number of fines. Does it come anywhere near the maintenance of a DNA database? Yeah. What? Well, I think, uh, uh, again, Ben might be able to sort of uh, uh, help us uh, a little bit better, but I think Darren said that I think the, the cost of the DNA is only £80, I think. So it, does sound, it doesn't sound a huge amount. And But unless you're getting one fine per DNA test, yeah. you're not going to make that money back. Mm. Yeah, true. So we need more dogs to go and leave mess. <laughs> I think, one of I think the opposition as well for this is, is also the climate that we're in as well, where we're hearing that, you know, Westminster are cutting council grants and so on, mm. and we're talking about cutting essential services, and then Darren Rodwell says that this is the number one priority in Barking and Dagenham. A lot of people might find that hard to believe, mm. you know, if they're struggling to get a council house or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but then there is the argument as well of, of civil pride, which I know that over in Redbridge, Jazz Athwell's been keen to push, and maybe this is Darren's way of doing it in a slightly more, I suppose... Uh, a different yeah. way. Well, Giuliani had his broken windows. Um, Rodwell's got his. You don't want to be known for that, do you? <laughs> this is it, though. Will this be his legacy? Quite possibly. Yeah. His, his <laughs> Boris bike. Yeah. I think. I think the other thing today. I, d- I don't know. Maybe there is a saving, though, isn't there? Because if there's less uh, dog mess, excuse the. <laughs> yeah, we're the going rhyming. To less I like dog, all the phrases. Less do- <laughs> I might come out with a phrase in a minute for, oh. for Darren, and I'll give it to him. If there's less dog mess. Then obviously that's that's less clearing up they have to do so you know oh does the does the council clear up i thought flies take care of that don't no they? apparently there's <laughs> apparently there is a law i think where if if oh. they are indicated if they're told about uh, dog mess they've got 24 hours to clear it up apparently 24 hours they've got is there a hotline for this because <laughs> they've got a, how else do we report it well, I mean, I do tweet pictures of things like this, but that's just to annoy my Twitter followers. But um, okay, so there is, yeah. So it's not just about making the money back on the fines. There is potential saving. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I mean, it's a real, it's a marmite thing, isn't it? You know, some people not marmite, it's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what the dog's been eating. I don't know. 
You might want to get it DNA oh, tested. It's come down to breakfast at yours, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think we've uh, we've dealt with all the issues there. It's another uh, story that's going to run and run, isn't it? If you excuse oh, me. Oh, <laughs> put me right had, off had we to did. finish off with that didn't we <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do we oh the uh, podcast version of this will be available at romforrecorder.co.uk any hints and tips of what's happening in your respective newspapers over the next week or so any little insider scoop uh, there's there's more news on the market that was this week and I'm sure that's in Romford I'm sure there's going to be more more coming out Boris got involved this week so yeah uh, yeah so. He, next time you interview him yesterday on the show we were getting people to come up with conspiracy theories that's a wig he's a Sontaran from uh, Doctor <laughs> Who run it by him we tweeted it yesterday he didn't reply oh. um, Beth any, any good news uh, um, well, we should have more on the Hexit next week as well yeah. obviously going a little bit more in depth um, yeah maybe chat to some more people about that Beautiful. What's, what's happening in the world of uh, Time Water 7.5, Ben? Well, we'll have a lot more reaction on Boris's involvement in the market. Yeah. And, um, and we'll be getting a reaction from traders. And I, I'd also like to mention our um, Mind Your Mental Health campaign in Havering, which has yep. been going really well, and we've had a really good response mm. to it. This week we, we speak to the mum of, of a sufferer of schizophrenia, and it's a really good, a, a, a quite a heartwarming story, actually. Yeah, very emotional quotes um, in there as yeah, well. And, um, and we've also had some really good response from the MPs in particular. Mm. Um, and there was some news this week about um, mental health uh, care in the borough as well mm. and, and how that's not quite as good as, as, as it should be. Okay. So, um, Have so you got a picture of Boris with the eye mind thing? <laughs> we haven't yet, no, well, but yeah, we will work on that, that one. Won't yeah, I would think that. so. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Next time I see him, yeah, we'll get that done. Be there. Yeah. good. And and page uh, <clears throat> twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. Oh, I should also mention as well that uh, Labour mayoral candidate Sadiq Khan will be uh, in Barking Dagenham tomorrow. Do you know what he has done stand up? The well, you get to know in the groups. He'd, really? Yeah, he's uh, he's ama- he's really good. Right, <laughs> he's properly good. So if you can, you know, turn up there and just mm. heckle, he can <laughs> put you down. Seriously, he's very good at the world of stand-up. Excellent, um, excellent stuff. Thank you very much for joining Thanks us. A lot. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review. Listen to the next one live Friday, two p.m. on Time One Hundred Seven Point Five.